Are you kidding? I'm always ready to talk about Sarah Paulson. All day, every day. Jim? Hi, Amanda. <laughs> Tell me about your husband. Really? Yeah. You're not married, huh? No, 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 no. Married to the work. Married to the drywall. Married, married to the work. I'm trying to get through this coffee. <laughs> this coffee is terrible. The famous lovebirds. You're still together. What's next for you? I haven't got it all figured out. I kind of want to see your house. Sorry. It's all here. This is amazing. It's like a time capsule. Amanda. What? Would you like to have some fun tonight? <laughs> Honey, I'm home. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> Look at this meal. You made all this? <laughs> Trust me. Well, now I'm scared. What are you gonna do? Dibs on the cream bins, all black interior. Chrome on the dashboard, boy, y'all inferior. Fast lifestyle, fly boy, America. She asked, "Cause you ride," and I said, "More the merrier." We weren't very cool. No, we were <laughs> deeply uncool. I love you, Amanda Anderson. I love you more. Work you. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Catherine Heigl. We can talk about her too. I have less to say, but we can talk oh, about no. her too. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not. Listen, listen. There's a scene in 27 Dresses where she manages to portray many emotion in the span of like a minute where I was very impressed. I know she's a good actress. There I'm not go. sure she's a character actress. I'll take it. I'm going to take this as a win, Dave. Take the small victories, Mike. <laughs> Someone just... doesn't hate Heigl. <laughs> Let's just point out that I'm mentioning 27 Dresses as her great acting. <laughs> that says all that you need to know right there. Her best role, 27 Dresses. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tragedy. I mean, no, no, I like her. I'm just kidding. I like her. I adore her. Uh, Kay, this is my co-host, Dave. He hates everyone, so Catherine Heigl shouldn't take it. Uh, She's on the list, too. (laughs) Oh, I hate many people as well. Don't feel bad about it. My people. Good. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) All right. Joining us for this discussion on Blue Jay is the host of the Seriously Grays podcast, Kay which uh, this will be the first conversation we have ever had. So uh, I'm excited about that. (laughs) More so than I am to talk to my co-host, Dave, because I do that every day. And every day it's 
Just gets better and better, right, Dave? Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was waiting for just the same shit every day, which is also true. But yes, Mike, of course, it gets better and better. Well, I'm looking forward to that type of relationship with you guys. Getting better and better. I mean, like, we're starting on a high note. Blue Jay, yes. Sarah Paulson, can't get any better than that. Yes, you were you were recommended to to me by a, a mutual friend, Carly, who's also she she basically said, "Hey, you're going to start this this romantic comedy or romantic drama podcast. Uh, you should do Blue Jay, which I had never seen, so this is a first time watch. I don't know, Dave, have you seen it before this? Uh, this was a second time. Second watch time for watch. Me. Okay, uh, but she was a huge fan, and she said that you were very passionate about this film. So we're yep. we're going to get into that. But first, uh, tell people a little bit about your podcast, where they can find it, and uh, some recent discussions you've had on your show. So we're covering, we were covering Grey's Anatomy episode by episode. The thing about Grey's Anatomy is that it never ends. It seems like it'll go on <laughs> to season 5,000. And, you know, <laughs> so we're revisiting a new f- format this uh, for this season. We're thinking maybe more of a once monthly or uh, every fortnightly. We're not too sure yet, um, but uh, it's been a pleasant roller coaster ride with Shonda and Grey's Anatomy, which guys, it'll go on forever. It just it'll never end. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and sometimes <laughs> it also takes away. You know, <laughs> that's actually the tagline for this podcast. That's that's what Dave and I think with all of our various podcasting projects. So yeah, that, that is that is quite the the undertaking. Uh, is, is there a particular um, episode that you would like to point people towards if they're starting in on your show? Um, if, you know, I'm assuming they would have to have some history, some knowledge of Grey's Anatomy, but maybe not. Um, well, we actually do uh, out of um, off topic podcasts as well. Um, we cover things that we, we're just interested in. We make top fives of favorite couples on TV or uh, top five favorite movies or anything like that. I should also mention I uh, we mentioned Carly already. I cover Unreal with Carly on TV8 My Brain. So if that's a show you like we're very passionate about it we love covering it and we're very excited to cover season three very soon not soon enough but very soon and uh we're also sports and i my co-host for the seriously grace podcast we're looking to start a new podcast but i can't talk about that just yet just take a keep an eye on our social media at tsg podcast we should make an announcement fairly soon i would say it's a bad idea this, this is a new project, and it's been horrifying so far. It's already a bad idea. <laughs> oh, no, I love podcasts. The more, the better, honestly. Well, we'll the see what you better. think at the end of this one, at the end of this recording. <laughs> but we'll get into Blue Jay, because I, I think I, I'm excited to talk about it. I've, yes. I've never had a conversation about this film, because it's brand new to me. Uh, I have some experience with the Duplass brothers and Mark Duplass in particular. So here, uh, the meat cute is fairly basic. Uh, this being a film starring one of the Duplass brothers, that probably isn't a surprise. He plays Jim, who just so happens to bump into his former high school sweetheart, Amanda, played by the great Sarah Paulson. Yes. Uh, Should see. always be preceded by the great, <laughs> I, or in my case, my beloved. <laughs> I didn't have that in my notes, but I'll, I'll add that in there. Yes, yes. Um, so that if a uh, grocery store aisle chance meeting isn't enough, the film grants our characters a second chance to reconnect 
in the groceries parking lot. It is then that they decide to catch up over coffee at the Blue Jay, which is also obviously the title of the film. Uh, we find out that Amanda got married and became a stepmother to two children, while Jim's life seems a bit less in place, though he will reveal himself to be stuck in the past later, as he has wandered a bit over the West with jobs and problems with his family. So, as I said, a fairly basic, and I think, uh, Dave, you can probably attest, at least for the episodes we've done so far, I don't know if you could doubt the realism of this type of encounter. <laughs> Yeah, especially compared to the the kind of stereotypical romantic comedy where, I mean, we, we batted about the idea of calling this this podcast the meet cute because that's usually Aww, the that thing that cute. draws you in. <laughs> that's the thing that draws you into the story. We and also decided that like, we're too hateful to do that. That would be very misleading. Yeah, true. <laughs> and misleading, yeah. False yeah. advertisements. <laughs> There's nothing cute about this. Um, and, and the idea that, like, I think it's it's very real, not only in where this happens, but how they're dressed, how they look like neither one of them are dressed up and looking cute in this moment. Like there's a there's a knit cap going on. Everyone's kind of unkempt. They're just there to get groceries. So this could not be more different from most of the romantic comedies we've looked at. Okay, is that one of the things you, you like about the film is that it is very realistic? It's about semi-normal characters. I don't want to call Sarah Paulson normal and upset you, but, you know. <gasps> this is as normal as she gets. Yeah, this yeah, is, yes. right. She's yeah. dressed down yeah, for this. Absolutely. They had to put it in black and white for her to look more normal. That's... <laughs> Oh, that's why they did that. I was wondering why it was white, black, and white. No, I, I totally, absolutely agree. And it's not—it's not just the way they look; it's the way they react to each other. That kind of hesitation. I relate to that so much. When you see someone you know and you haven't seen for a long time, that hesitation of do I reach out? Do I say something? Do I pretend I haven't seen them? Um, I just. <laughs> I love that. And I think uh, as soon as, but what's also interesting is that we get that meet cute, but we also get a glimpse of their first meeting later in the movie when she's reading in his journal. He, uh, Hmm. there's an entry in his journal where he talks about, it seems, it sounds like the night he, he met her where he talks about the winds of change and things like that. So it's very interesting. And even in that, the meet cute we are privy to, the one we really see, we feel that history. As soon as they start talking, uh, the fact they, they, that they call Sarah's or I should say Amanda's sister, Lisa, Lisa, you feel that history and those is inside joke coming coming up very quickly in their conversation. I, I just I think it's a great, great, great first meeting. And I think it's absolutely relatable. Yeah. Just touching on the, the visuals a little bit, the black and white. Uh, I was actually afraid since we're in the meet cute section that this was going to be too cute of a movie. Like, cause I was like, why, mm-hmm. why is it in black and white? What, you know, what is, what is the reasoning here? But I, I do go along with the characters. I think at first, because I know so little about them, I think if you were privy to their history uh, and maybe a little bit more about like what they've been going through before that meeting, I don't know if I would be as down for them getting back together. Cause at, at first I'm just thinking like, Oh, these are just, High school sweethearts, you know, these are adults that are probably in their mid thirties. Yeah, that's that's fine. It's not like a recent ex where you're wondering why are they reopening these doors? Because if you ran no, someone with that, you know, from that long ago, it would be interesting to catch up. It's more like a high school reunion. Of mm-hmm. course, that's not the case. As we learn more about the characters, <laughs> there's you know something far more dramatic, and they were far closer than most high school couples. But mm-hmm. at first, I you know I think okay, this is just going to be slightly awkward but mostly pleasant 
And boy, was I wrong. Not that the movie's right? <laughs> unpleasant, uh, but it gets a little bit heavy. So we'll we'll go into uh, the breakup here, which I guess the breakup isn't so much how it is in normal romance films where there's something somewhat arbitrary that the filmmakers have to include just to get basically our, our two fighters in the separate corners just for a, like a, a momentary reprieve. Mm-hmm. Of the of them just having one big lovin', here the the lovin' is a trip down memory lane, and we get to relive the former breakup. But they don't actually have like a breakup in this encounter. They kind of go through the whole process and don't run away from each other. Like it is, it is full on dramatic combat. And Dave, I'm wondering if that you know were you still with the film? into that because it's as i said it's very pleasant at the start and it, it does look like it could possibly be like a before sunrise ish thing where it's just two people having conversations then you get into the nitty-gritty and it's like no they have a lot of unresolved issues and we're going to go right into it yeah i mean i was definitely still still with the movie but it was a it was a really hard leap to take not because it was unbelievable or anything like that but you're just watching this go along and i think the film does a great job of making you root for these characters in yeah. in this way where you mentioned that um, you don't know anything about their past except when it gets revealed throughout the movie. And the movie does an- another great job of of not feeling like it's a bunch of exposition. Like, okay, let's talk about our past. Let's, let's hash the, all this out. There's moments where, you know, she finds a letter or she finds a tape and they kind of relive it together. So we get to see it too. And you're really rooting for them. And when that happens, I mean, I don't know how they did this in like, I think at that point, the movie's at like 65 minutes and it's heartbreaking to watch, to watch them go through this all over again. So I was really, I was, I was let down in the sense that I didn't want these two to fight because you really are rooting for them. You're even, you're even able to put the stuff, the fact that she's married out of your head because you see this really intense connection between these two. And when this breakup happens all over again, like it's, it's kind of brutal to watch because you can as the movie goes on, you can understand both perspectives. Like no one here is wrong. No one here is right. Especially when all this happened, when they were like, you know, 15, 16 years old, like that's a lot to take on. Uh, But yeah, I was totally with the movie at that point. Well, it's very, it's very interesting because we, they kind of recreate their youth. Like we see them listen to those tape and we see them recreate those tape and toying with the past they had and maybe the future they could have had. And it's when they kind of get to that possibility of having a future together. I understand she's married would be extremely complicated, but it's when she is faced with that or they're both faced with that decision. When he says, I love you on when they're kissing that suddenly like it becomes true or it, and that's when the the kind of breakup start. It appears between them, and they start having this conversation, which is a conversation that we are, or that I, from what I understand, they never really truly had when they were young. Like he wrote a letter, they maybe had a few conversations. She went away, she uh, had an abortion, and it seems like they didn't really have those important conversations when they were young. They probably weren't ready to have them. So it's very interesting for them to have this hindsight and have those conversation as adults, but see that it's still so very heartbreaking for them. And it's like this very interesting battle between the past, the present and the future they never had. That's, I I don't know. I I find it fascinating. Um, The whole 
dichotomy between present, past, future in, in this movie is extremely, extremely interesting. How they replay their past. And even the name Blue Jay. The Blue Jay, the bird, is known to kind of imitate other birds and try to recreate sounds, kind of kind of like what Jim, Jim and Amanda go do in, in this whole movie. They even try to recreate their own voices when they were young. Their, their, the tone they used on, in the, on these cassettes. It's very interesting. Yeah, I was I was kind of of two minds here because at first when it looks like they're about to uh, have uh, a sexual encounter and knowing that she is married, um, yeah, I I felt like okay, don't you know, don't be so trite with this. I guess like don't do that thing that we expect you to do to just make it a physical reconnection because especially once you have heard you know their attempts at rapping and their youth uh <laughs> and all of these sort of silly things that they did to just bring it back down to a physical uh event that they're probably going to forget i was i was rooting against it but then you introduce the, the fact that there was a pregnancy uh in their youth and that pregnancy was terminated and how it's weighed on jim in particular yeah. Uh, it, it suddenly, suddenly I wanted to go back to just the sex. I'm like, okay, that would have been fine right. now. That's like, you know, at first <laughs> I thought, so <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted them just to have something, some pleasure at that point because, and it really is, it is the weight, uh, Kay, as you said, of the life that in particular Jim thinks he could have had yeah. with her that even stops him from having sex with her. Like he doesn't want to diminish this, this sort of alternate timeline which normally, and Dave knows this, I, I call BS. Whenever whenever on film there's a man who's totally head over heels with a woman and then says, No, no, we can't you know, we can't do this now. It's it's usually some sort of weird rom com ploy where the filmmakers are thinking the audience is going to judge the characters and judge their virtues. And there it doesn't make any sense in reality why these two who are infatuated with which is with each other would not, as grown adults, just have sex. Here it does it does make sense. And yeah, the, the revelation here, I, I think I've always thought that Mark Duplass is just somewhat of a subpar to average actor. Dave, I don't know if you've, like, I like his personality, but I don't know if I've ever thought, right. like, he he steps outside of that too often. I think he plays different degrees of the same character. Like, even, yeah. you know, when he dips into horror movies, like, like the movie Creep, like, that character, you know, except for maybe the end of that movie, is not that far removed from the character he's playing here in blue jay so he's just kind of <laughs> i've not seen creep strays, but that sounds uh, well that sounds terrifying that uh he kind of sprays <laughs> to the right and the left of the same character but it's it's the presentation is really similar in the way he comes across so i think i think he's good like in his in his in his area like i think he's solid but i don't think he's gonna wow anybody i think I think that's Sarah Paulson's job in this movie. Like, I think we like him not just because he's a, a likable guy, but because she reacts to him and you can see that connection they have. And a lot of it is due to her reaction. So I pin that a lot on Sarah Paulson. Probably. I think she's a more accomplished uh, actor, but I, I have to say I was more impressed with him just in this. And maybe it's because of the expectations and he's playing a character we're not used to seeing on screen, which is, you know, He's the heartbroken one. And, you know, the premise of this podcast, The Grand Gesture, usually the men who are heartbroken, they, they do treat it like some sports match, some game where it's like, well, if I do this, this will get me so many points and I will win this person back. 
here yeah. he's he's just sort of a lost soul and he, he has he is prone to uh acts of aggression he mentions i think beating up a relative like on a job site yeah, when things cool. so they're like beating them half to death not just like getting in a fight but yeah yeah this was this was not casey affleck and goodwill hunting you know throwing bows or anything this sounds <laughs> sounds kind of dangerous and i i think in those scenes he's really good because he's not really playing he's not playing this glowering gloomy depressed figure he is someone that has attempted to have a life it's just not the life he wanted and he's also by far the more emotional of the two i, I love how restrained sarah paulson is like she's the one who's trying to kind of hold everything together and has been mm -hmm. that person throughout their relationship in high school. She was the one that had to make the decision, had to hold it all together. And he even says, I mean, multiple times like that. He just, he can't help but cry. Like he, he kind of is right. prone to letting his, mo and that's not yeah. really a male figure we see often, especially in romantic. Right. Films. And it's, and it's done in a very different way. A lot of times, if you see men react emotionally in movies, it's, it is very aggressive and loud and, and there's a lot of yelling. And when he cries, I mean, it is not your stereotypical, kind of masculine picture no. that Makes you would get of a man being emotional. I, just feel, I like, feel bad for him. It, and, I, and I think it's supposed to. Yeah. I think I, I think we are in Sarah Paulson's shoes at that point where, like, yeah, he made some mistakes when he was a kid and he's made some mistakes as an adult, but we do feel like, man, he has never gotten past this. Like, yeah. his whole his whole life has stopped at this point where she left and he made the wrong choice. So his reaction, that is a teenager's reaction. And I think it really fits. Well, not to talk about her heartbreak or lack of heartbreak, because she says she's been on antidepressants, she hasn't been crying. I think when we meet them, we're led to believe that she has it all together. She's so impressive. She's married. She has these children or these step stepchildren. But as the movie goes on, as it progresses, you realize that she does have a job that's similar to what she wanted, but not quite. She had kind of had to give up to the real goal she had for herself when she was younger she's on antidepressants she doesn't seem like she talks about not being able to cry in my mind if you're not can you really feel joy if you can't feel sadness you know what i mean like not yeah to, like she's not um, feeling anything intense yeah like whether it be joy or yeah sadness. yeah and like also what's interesting is that on rewatch um you get different perspective on the movie because when they're in, at the blue jay sharing a coffee and he talks about his face leaking it's not that his face is leaking she's talking about her stepchildren she's talking about having this mm -hmm child of her own that he wanted to have with her this child that they could have had together i think he he's really reacting to the life she has that he wanted to have with her you know what he's not just crying because whatever he's emotional there's something very visceral in his mm -hmm. past that connects with what she's saying so it's it's just they have very different pain I find, and it's very interesting to see them discover each other's pain. Well, I'll move into the uh, the grand gesture here because that the grand gesture here is pretty much a discovery. Is it is it dancing to "No More I Love You"s? Because <laughs> no. that was great. <laughs> no, that's <Pretty> great. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is great, and you know, and I, I think a more standard uh, romantic film that would have been the the callback that would have. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, um, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, not to take away from that at all. Uh, actually, any of their <laughs> musical stylings here, it's all pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Yep. Um, yep. But no, the grand gesture normally is not my favorite moment in any sort of romance film because there's 
a lot of buy-in. You're asked of as an audience member, mm-hmm. and usually it's someone doing something that would be seen as very creepy. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. but it, since it's in a movie world, people celebrate, they applaud, they cheer like someone just scored a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> not, not so much here. Um, the grand gesture is this letter that Amanda finds when they're like going through the cassette tapes and things at his his uh, late mother's house that he's currently renovating, and he gets very upset. You know that that she wants to look at that. And, at, you know, I, I think at first I'm thinking it's just a normal, it's just sort of a jilted lover type thing where he's put down all right. of his thoughts, but it was never meant for her to see. And what we actually get, it's a letter that probably his best self should have and did yeah. intend to give her back when they yeah. were in high school, uh, back when they, they had this pregnancy uh, where he put down on paper that he let her know that he wanted to have this child and they could get through anything that their, their love was so strong. But instead as a teenager, he goes with like some jokes, probably some sarcasm, something to just alleviate maybe short term tension that end up dramatically changing both their lives. And pretty much, I don't want to say ruining his life, but that dream he had that, that better life that he's always thought with her just because he did not, have the stones to do this as a teenager. And what I love about it is I can't fault him. I mean, you know, putting myself back into a teenager's headspace, that is so much responsibility and having that sort of adult reaction. It's almost so, it's like so impressive that he even had the words then, even though he he didn't have the courage to deliver the letter. Uh, So far on this podcast, it's probably my favorite grand gesture that I've seen. I thought it was a really interesting way to do it. And they really hold off. I mean, into the final scene and then they totally underplay it. Like the the way that mm-hmm. once that reveal happens, they both just sort of sigh at each other and kind of smile, and then it sort of fades out very beautifully. So uh, I don't know about you, Dave, what you thought in comparison to some of the other ones we've talked about, but this one this really really knocked my socks off as far as impressing me with that grand romantic gesture. Yeah, and I think it fits. I think the most important point is that it fits with the rest of the movie. We talked at the beginning of this episode about how down to earth and how real these characters seem, and. That letter is a grand gesture, but it does feel like something that could actually happen. Like he was probably a relatively mature high school student to put that into words, but you can you can actually see this happening. And I think honestly, the most heartbreaking moment of this entire movie is when Sarah Paulson's character reads the letter and then just says, "Why didn't you send this?" You know, and it really hits home that like the you know it's not like oh their lives necessarily would have been perfect it would have been great no. but the his choice in that moment changed the trajectory of both of their lives so dramatically like he ends up you know basically alone kind of struggling and dealing with these issues and she ends up you know with another guy and being a parent when maybe she isn't quite ready to do that she's not sure what to do now that she's with an older guy like is she going to be a caretaker and none of that would have happened if he had sent this letter. And I think, I think that gesture, I think even though like they can't go back, there's a really nice moment at the end, like you talked about where they kind of smell at one another and, and they can go back for a second and realize that the relationship they had, even though it was a quote unquote, just high school relationship was something powerful and something real. And kind of, I think something both of these characters can hold on to, even as they move apart as the credits roll. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, you you have to wonder, he had those words, he has those ideas, were they, was it like this ideal, like was it that he realized that maybe he really wanted that but couldn't really deliver it, like you have to wonder 
what it really means that he didn't give it? Is it that mm-hmm. this brief moment of hesitation or is it truly that he realized he wasn't ready type of thing? Like, I like yeah. to believe, like, of course, that the ending is up to interpretation. I personally love the idea that they realized that, yes, it could have changed everything. But in the end, what he did was the right thing. Because he, if he wasn't ready to give it to her, he wasn't ready to give, to take hmm. responsibility for that child. You know, it's a, I love, I love this romantic gesture. It's very, very, and it's very interesting the way it, like, we're not used to seeing the romantic gesture being the last, last scene and not seeing the reaction to it and the follow-up to it and the great reconnection after it. Well, it would probably be somewhat dishonest if it, because what do they do at that point? I mean, she still is the mother to two other children. She has a husband. Uh, you know, his life is not as concrete and stable at that point. No, but I, I do feel like there is something very positive about this reconnection in that for both of them, it, it does validate that love that they've hung on to right. for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that it's still tragic in that way that I'm, I'm led to believe they probably do not. It's not like they get back together, but right. I, you know, they don't, they're all that doubt has been removed. Well, her husband yeah, is closure. elderly. There's closure for that. All you always got to do is wait. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give it just a, few years, a, time, a few years. A few more decade, years. You're, you're almost there. A few more years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to see Kay's uh, Blue Jay 2 is what I want to see now. <laughs> well, there is a creep too, later. so you know. There you go. See, <laughs> see, that's the funny thing is we're we're gonna release this the week of Creep Two. I'm like, oh, cool, we can do Blue Jay because Duplass has got that oh, movie. Cool. And you've mentioned Dave. You mentioned that he's basically playing the same character, which I I, I have to have been totally misled on his Creep character because I've seen some pictures, and this guy in Blue Jay, I'm totally rooting for him. He's he's a total total sweetheart. So I don't know. I just choose to believe you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I love how you're still not willing to watch Creep. You're just like, no, just I'm going to leave that as I don't want you to be Dave's right, frog. so why why take the risk of you being right? No. That's a good point. It is a risk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kay, I want to thank you for uh, for being on this podcast. You're, you're talking My to brand, two brand it's new great. people. You, you kind of trusted us Strangers. with this uh, Sarah Paulson film that you really adore. The great Sarah Paulson. Come on. My beloved. There we go. My the great, <laughs> there the is. awesome, the very talented <laughs> Emmy winner, Golden Globe winner, soon to be Oscar winner, Sarah Paulson. <laughs> That's a, 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 a really, you know, next time we have a Sarah Paulson movie, I know who I'm going to contact. Because... Uh, yes, please. <laughs> but once again, uh, let people know where they can find you and your podcast and uh, what's what's coming up next on your show. Um, if you want, if you watch Unreal and you're interested in hearing the great Carly and I discussing it, which you should be, it's at TV8 My Brain. If you want to hear Sport and I talk about Grey's Anatomy, it's at TSG Podcast. And we should be announcing a new podcast fairly soon. But the suspense is still there. Not announced yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that like close it. yet. That's what Kay's saying. We're not that close to get the reveal. <laughs> well, you know, busy life, busy life. <laughs> Sarah Paulson has an extensive <laughs> collection of DVD I have to watch. No, that's a joke. I do other things than watch Sarah Paulson movies and TV shows, I promise. And Dave and myself also host another movie podcast that has nothing to do with romance other than our budding relationship of course it's called mark as played where we highlight at least two other movie podcasts that inspire a discussion 
with us and some other co-hosts, some previous guests such as Hiro from the True Romance Film Podcast. You can find him on our Crazy Stupid Love episode and also on Mark S. Played. So check that out on followingfilms.com, on iTunes, and hopefully you're already subscribed to this show because here we will continue to talk about romance and film. Join us next time for our episode on The Lobster with Jess from the Joy Sandwich Podcast. Until then, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. I choose to believe uh, it's just Sarah Paulson. That's that's the image I want of you. Just doing a, well, a Sarah Paulson podcast would be pretty good. If that's what you're doing now. I I've been pitching that to Carly. She's not buying it. I don't know why. <laughs> You'd have two yeah, subscribers. Lots of options. She's right everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, guaranteed.